And we're counting down to the big one tomorrow night, the running of the Tab Melbourne Cup. But it just doesn't end there. There's a wonderful support program. We've got the running of the Bold Trees and we've got a massive projected pool in the Quaddy 2 for punters to really get their teeth into. It's time for us now to preview this full meeting uh, tomorrow night. And joining us from Sandown is Michael Floyd. How are you, Mick? Very good, Nadia. This is an exciting night of racing, not just for the Cup, but as you mentioned, a fantastic support card as well. Eight feature finals, a million dollars in prize money and... Uh, it's great to see the, uh, the the fields pan out the way they have. They are fascinating races and it uh, should be an exciting night. It is a, a wonderful night, that's for sure. Joining us too is James Van Vandermart to go through all the form for us. How are things, James? Yes, going very well, Nards. Look, I'm really excited about tomorrow night. Obviously, I got the chance to call the heats last week, which was a, a fabulous thrill and to see the field that's lined up. I think it's going to be a, a bumper Melbourne Cup, a ripping bold trees. And this support card, as Mick just touched on, it's fabulous. So, really good night of greyhound racing ahead. We'll get into the Melbourne Cup in depth in a moment but you talked about how you called the heats last week and just watching them visually and that in anticipation was there any great surprise in the heat for you uh, something you walked away from a race and thought wow that was an impressive performance yeah look there were probably a few in the sense I think my redeemer was one who just bounced back to to just about his best I would have thought he came out in 506 and that beginning I thought Hayson slowly would potentially lead him a bit easier than he did and and then my redeemer whipped on by Apart from that, Dinah Harper was the other one that probably caused the, the bit of an upset, I guess. And Black Opium, well, we all were expecting, I guess, but until she actually delivered on the big stage, it was always going to be a little bit of a question mark, but she was just fabulous. So all in all, it was a, a great night of greyhound racing and even the run of Poke the Bear. I mean, Miss mm. Splendor Mira, I tipped her on top and when she went 3-4 clear down the back, I, I must admit I thought this is probably all over, but Poke the Bear, he just ducked and weaved, found his way through on the rail and and then charged away to win it convincingly. And I think from the, the 100 metre mark to the finish, the last 400 metres, there, there's not a greyhound in Australia as strong as Pope the Bear. So if he lobs with them, he's going to be really hard to, to hold out. And joining us from the tab is uh, the head greyhound trader, uh, Jason Coochie. How are you, Jase? Good, thanks, Nadia. Yourself? Yeah, very well. Look, the market in this race is fascinating as well, and I think the box draw has added that little bit of intrigue, and even the fact that if something went wrong with one of the greyhounds, um, the two reserves in the race are, have also got great winning chances too, so there's so much depth to the Tab Melbourne Cup this year. Yeah, you're spot on. Yeah, Miss, you talk about the reserves there. Miss Splendor Miro, $5 current market. Mm. If she gets a run from any draw, she'd potentially lead, as you say, and take some running down there so it is um, it, we've been open since May on this market mm. and the variations and the fluctuations that we've seen have just been terrific well, let's go through it and start off with race number one, and we'll talk about how some of the tab markets are sort of structured for some of these other races too. But we kick things off with a, a race that uh, we see a lot of young dogs go around in the Vic Bread Maiden Series final over the 5.15. And uh, just having a look at the tab market uh, here, uh, Jace, we've got a, an odds-on favourite in uh, charging out the Yala. Yeah, and he opened up $2.10 into $1.95. We've already seen a bet of 2000 at the $2.10 there, so punters have uh, talked early for that runner and, and supported him despite the draw. Well, he's been a, a winner of two from two. Obviously, the draw, um, Jace, um, you know, does make it a, a little bit um, tricky, but, uh, James, it's, it's a fair price about a, a dog who still looks like he's got a fair bit of upside. Look, it's a, a very interesting series, this one, Nards, because there, there's a few greyhounds that have promised, I guess, a, a fair amount of ability, but potentially haven't delivered as well in, in particular runs. We saw the heats uh, a couple of Sundays ago, and then the semi-finals uh, Sunday just gone. I thought the the run of Antari Star number two when it won on debut was really impressive, 29.75, and then right out in box eight, Glorious was also impressive on debut, and then you add to that circle of dreams who looked only just 
on debut and then came out and won the semi in, in 29.69, looking impressive. But I think the most consistent of the series has been charging. Yala, uh, good acceleration, good mid-race pace. Probably not the strongest greyhound in the race, but should set it up from the, the head of affairs. I think looks the, the one to beat. Mick, I love these series that we do see with these maiden finals, and we have a, a few of them, of course, across Victoria, because it just adds that, that element of somewhat of intrigue. We see these fast dogs, they go to the trials, and then it's a total different ball game when you get them into the field, and they're still trying to adapt that field sense. But you can see dramatic improvement from one run to another. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, and these maiden series, of course, it's a pretty good prize at the end of it, too. It's a $15,000 first prize, so no surprise that uh, a number of trainers have held some good ones back to set for this series. And um, look, a lot of these dogs will, you know, obviously a very good final tomorrow night, but they'll go on to bigger and better things as well. And uh, as you mentioned, they do take a lot of improvement from those first few starts, and uh, I think there's plenty of upside for uh, pretty much all these, all these runners. Mm, definitely. There is one thing, Nards. Ingenious Lad was one who I, I just thought he's drawn awkwardly here in the final. He, he's still a maiden. He's had the two race outings. I think if he doesn't win this, he's one to put in a black book because he's shown plenty of ability and he's, he's just drawn really tough out there in box number six. But you always see those greyhounds. They have their first run against a full field as well and they can sometimes be a bit touchy when the, the pressure comes on. And look, once you get one, two, three runs down, you can start to see the greyhounds develop. And I think moving forward, Ingenious Lad could be the, the black booker from this series. And it's a really good point, those early dogs. Uh, you know, they're not used to running in these fields and mm. uh, that experience, it takes a little while for them to understand what the racing's about. So if you are looking for a dog in the black book you've got to factor those things in as well and the ones that have the scope for improvement add to that Mick on Melbourne Cup night there's going to be a massive crowd, crowd as yeah. well so that yep. can also impact as it can you can sometimes see it with the, the gallops at Flemington when they come right down the outside rail because you've got to remember at the Greyhounds it's all fairly close to the track the crowd are right there so for these Greyhounds it's going to be fabulous experience I think any Greyhound that can qualify for a final like this at you know their first three starts, for example, they're, they're going to go on to have a pretty bright future. Let's have a look at race two. This is the Provincial Plate final over the, the 5.15 and uh, we've got a, a dominant favourite coming out of box number five um, here, Jase. Yeah, $3 into $2.30 in early markets. Again, we've had a bet there of 1000 at $3 and another bet at $2.50 there. So, again, the box not being a deterrent to the early money. No, and uh, Mick, just having a look at the performance uh, by Marcelo at sale. Gee, it was impressive. Very impressive run and uh, not entirely surprising either. Sir Fonic uh, uh, is the dam. She's a proven mm. producer there and uh, Marcelo is a very, very fast dog. 29.38, uh, um, that should translate pretty well at Sandown, I would have thought, and uh, not surprised that the money has come for him. Marcelo, Marcello? What will we go with? <laughs> Either either. Either either. <laughs> I must ask uh, trainer Will McMahon uh, to find out the... I always go with Marcello, but there are Depends a lot of people... Depends where your accents are to <laughs> Greg Miller's just wandered in. He might know. He's a, a quite a fluent man when it comes to the, the Australian language. Nah, he gives us no, the thumbs down, so no help. No. I'll, I'll give you a tip there, James. <laughs> no, no, not the right man for the job. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to go with Marcello. We might get into Greg's vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, I think he should be pretty hard to beat. Look, he, he's, he's drawn okay in five. Panadero King four is normally a pretty quick beginner. The only concern I have for the five, Marcello or Marcello, is there is a little bit of speed in the race. Panadero King's going to get out fast. Obviously, he's going to try and trail that move early. But Regazzoni out in box number eight is another who can show good early speed speed and, and add to that breakout in box number one. When he last raced at Sandown he ran seventh three or four runs ago and he didn't really handle the corners overly well so for mine that's a little bit of an issue with him in box one and you throw to that Onions O'Reilly who looks like a bit of a placing machine but uh, broke through with a, a smart Bendigo win last time out so I think it's a pretty open race I'm surprised to see such a move for Marcello so early on.
Okay, well, let's have a look at the third race. This is the Super Vic race final over the 5.15. And once again, we've got the favourite who's drawn awkwardly in box five, Jase. Yeah, and once again, the early money is for him. So the $1.70 into $1.65 in early markets has been a bit of specking for the four as well, 5.50 into 4.80. Okay, well, it comes down to price a lot with um, racing. doesn't matter what code you look at, James. And, and you know, $1.60 in any person's language is, is, is short. It's short, but this Greyhound, I think, deserves to be short. Nards at uh, 29.33 at Sandown, uh, she recorded on Sunday afternoon. And it wasn't the overall time, it was the section she ran, Mick. 5.02 yeah. was around about 18.60. She would have put herself right in any of the Melbourne Cup heats. And she's another only five starts into her career. So I think the future of Greyhound Racing looks really, really bright. And, of course, she's got the horse from track record as well. So yep. uh, it's not a, a one-off. She's a very, very high-class Greyhound. Uh, Box 5 is always a little bit of concern, especially with these inexperienced dogs. But, look, if she can jump the way she did on Sunday, then, um, you know, I can't see anything else going with her. And if she finds the lead... Well, yeah, it's all over. Yeah, well, I'm hoping my girl can go with off the inside expensive. I think she's drawn okay. The, the only way I see time to talk getting beaten realistically is if Shanlon Georgie in four, who can break five to the first mark on occasions, if she shows early speed, can keep time to talk off the rail, I think it will open the race out, uh, open the race up for a, for a blowout result. But all things being equal, I think time to talk will win the third. If there's mm. a bit of value there, I reckon the two's one to follow as well. It was a nice run behind time to talk last time, found the line really well, and 29.60s. Uh, um, mm. Yeah, that's no, that's not uh, slow going. So uh, if there is an each way chance there for mine, it is the two. We've got a race four. This is the Sky Racing Stayers over the seven fifteen. This is a little more open um, embedding here, Jason. Uh, there are quite a few chances. Yeah, there is. Yeah, two dollar ninety opening price for the favourite Rockstar Patriot, but he's drifted to three ten. As has Blue Moon, Moon Rising three thirty to three sixty. The one they have come for at each way odds is five dollars. Is the four sorry Dinah Westland five dollars in the three seventy. Mm. Mm, it's an interesting race, isn't it? Um, you look at it, Mick, where we've got so many stays here where it's pretty much going to sort of come down to run-of-the-race type stuff. Yeah, it is. Uh, I'm a little surprised with uh, Dinah Weslin. They did come for it in the bold tree seats last week from memory, and um, look, she can be a little bit hard to catch. Rockstar Patriot, for mine, is uh, is the deserved favourite there. Uh, uh, was a little bit unlucky last week. It was only beaten a length and three quarters in the bold tree seats. Obviously, this is a step-down in class. As good a race as it is, it is a step-down in class, and from that box, I think we'll pause you up pretty well, but uh, um, it is a, a very open affair. I think it's a tough race, this one, in the sense that uh, a few of the big guns that we're seeing in the market, the move for Dinah Weslin, uh, she's drawn really awkward, the Kiwi, because number three, Van Ann, just steps straight to the outside as soon as the leads go up, and, and she shows good early speed. So that happened in the heat. Van Ann and Dinah Weslin, uh, they contacted going to the first corner, and I can see that happening again. Therefore, it opens the race, I feel, for both Rockstar Patriot Billy's Bake. I thought Billy's Bake lost more ground in the run in comparison to Rockstar Patriot uh, in the heats last Friday night. Therefore, I think Billy's Bake's value at $6 in comparison to Rockstar Patriot. The interesting runners for mine are drawn out in six and seven. Blue Moon Rising, Yankees Ethics, they both went really well uh, in the heats on Friday night. It was their first look under race conditions at Sandown Park and obviously if they find a place there, they're going to be right there in the firing line but it's really, really tough and, and quite an open race. No doubting that and you're probably seeing that, Jason, with the market where it's not going to settle down till pretty much closer to start time when there are genuine variables that punters can look at. Yeah, definitely, yeah, and in this type of race where there are a few chances it's, it definitely pays to keep an eye on the fluctuations and just a reminder that our first four races we do have our bonus bet offer so if you have a win bet on races one to four at Sandown and your runner places second or third you get a bonus bets back so it's a bit of a free hit early on and 
You've got every reason to get involved. Another added incentive to have a bet on those first four races, of course, uh, to tomorrow evening. Look, this is winners live from Crown for the Tab Melbourne Cup. We'll take a break. When we return, we'll talk the quaddy legs and, of course, the big one. Remember, we've got that big jackpot with the quaddy with the Tab 2. We'll get to that in a moment. And we're about to get into the form for the legs of the quaddy and talk about the big one, the Tab Melbourne Cup, tomorrow night. But we've got a very special guest joining us who uh, must be counting his blessings on the way that the box draws have fallen for a few races tomorrow night at Sandown. And that's trainer David Gill. How are you, David? Yeah, hi, Nadia. Good, thanks. Yeah. Oh, you must know somebody. How did you end up with the box draws that you have <laughs> uh, tomorrow night? Uh, come on, Nadia. That's, that's law of averages. <laughs> that's what us trainers, that's what we call it, law of averages. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, we're very fortunate to draw the red with my Redeemer and also Miss Splendomero in the cup sprint. I think it's uh, law of averages, he says, because last year, Dave, you were very unlucky in the Melbourne Cup with the golden girl uphill, Jill. She jumped out of box five, almost got across. Raw ability and her came together at the first corner. So, obviously, this, uh, this year it's a little bit different. You've got the inside. You'll be looking to make your own luck. Yeah, he's going to have to. Yeah, he's got to use it. Um, the worst thing that could happen was, you know, is that he misses a start uh, and gets crowded up quickly and put out of it, sort of thing. But uh, he's starting to jump well. The last couple of runs, the Meadows over 600 metres, very fast first split, and then last week in the Melbourne Cup heat was a good split. So if he can just do that again, he's right in the race. What do you what do you put that? down to because he, he did go a little bit off for a while there he seemed to have to almost lost a bit of confidence he was drawing awkwardly and and that step to 600 meters was that the move just to try and get that confidence back and then bring him back get him ready for a melbourne cup because he, his win on friday night was as good a win as we've seen from him yeah you're right james he um unfortunately a few of the big races he's been in the peter mosman at wentworth park uh, the crown cranbourne puppy classic the Ballarat Derby, he's been in winning positions on the first corner. Uh, he's running second or third. He's right there to pounce in and go. Yeah. And then he was getting uh, into interference and just put out of the race. So he did lose his confidence, yeah. Uh, but a very bit unorthodox to, to go in the 600 metres leading up to the Melbourne Cup. Um, there is that slight risk that they can uh, be a bit jaded, but... Uh, no, we thought that that was the best way to go to try and get his confidence up. And of course, uh, Miss Splendomiro, a fairly recent addition to your kennel. Uh, she was very good last week, just uh, just found one better on the night. Yeah, look, I was pleased with her, Mick. Um, quite a number of people thought that um, that she, when she's led, she hasn't been beat. Uh, and as, I, I do know the bitch well, and uh, we've raced against her a fair bit at Richmond and Wentworth Park. And... Um, uh, yeah, she, she's led, when she's led, she's won. And But uh, I look back in a lot of those races too, since then and sort of, there was no poke the bear, sort of <laughs> yeah. sitting behind her. And, you know, so I've got to be fair to her. Look, uh, you, you know, she ran 5.05, which is very quick early. Uh, 18.66, was she was flying off the back. and So she did everything right. Uh, ran 29.30 odd, just over 29.30. But as I say, yeah, poke the bear. I mean, uh, he's gone. He's elevated to another level again. And uh, we uh, just took the best dog in Australia to get her, yeah. Yep. And it was a huge run by Poke the Bear. If you haven't had a chance to see the run, make sure you check it out. But uh, Miss Splendomero was a very, uh, very pleasing effort. She's come up with the red again in the Cup Night Sprint tomorrow night. Uh, um, same plan, out in front and uh, giving something to catch. Yes, yeah, we just kept her a little bit fresh this week and um, just hopefully again she can use that pace. She's pretty reliable, and uh, but does love the fence, I will say. She, 
Uh, we got away with the Melbourne Cup preludes, uh, winning both of those out of bad draws. Um, but now she's got the good draws and, uh, and a good draw tomorrow night, which is great because that's a red-hot field. It's like another Melbourne Cup final anyway. So. Yeah, she's, she's 11 goes from box number one, Miss Splendor Miro. She's returned eight wins, two seconds and a third. And you add to that Baruga Brett Thorne on her outside, who's definitely not a, a hard railer in the early part. He'll hold his line, if anything, sidestep a, a slight bit to the outside. And that should give her plenty of room to muster through. And once, one thing I will say to you, Dave, is I think you've done a fabulous job with Miss Splendor Miro because the one thing I feel she's got now is more consistency here in Melbourne with early speed. And, and she seems to be bringing a lot more heat in the first 100 metres. Yeah, I, yeah, you're right, James. I, I thought the same, that um, we needed to do that with her because, um, or she needed to do it because down here in Melbourne it is a lot, lot harder than racing, um, you know, in New South Wales, uh, the general races. Yeah. Um, so with a step up in class and, uh, but she had the speed to match down here. It was just her early Mm. Her brilliant early speed was sort of never been. That's that's not part of her makeup. Yeah. Um, but we're just fortunate for some reason or another. Whether it's just a different way uh, that I, I I train to how she's been trained. Whether I, I don't know. There's sometimes it can work the opposite. Uh, but this at this stage, the free galloping uh, might be, and we're hoping <laughs> that it's going to pay off big time with, mm. with a, a group, a big group race too. Mm. Well, it's great to have you uh, here uh, in person, uh, David, and we wish you all the best of luck. Of course, it's a, it's a life-changing experience to have runners in these big races and to walk away with the prize would be fabulous. We wish you the best of luck tomorrow night. Yeah. Thanks very much, Nadine. There is David Gill talking about uh, his runner in the Tab Melbourne Cup. He's also got Miss Splendor Miro, who will line up in the Cup Night Sprint, but all eyes will be on Myra Dima starting from the red. Well, let's talk a little bit about this Cup Night Sprint because this is a, a brilliant race in itself. And as far as the Tab market is structured here, Jason, you've got Miss Splendor Miro, who has come up favourite, but the race doesn't end there uh, when we've got the main chances drawn down to the inside. Yeah, one, two, three, all... Um opened up fairly short but uh i'm sure dave probably uh, will take some confidence out of this miss blender miro 320 into 250 early on they took the 320 they took the three dollars and then they've come again at 270 so without adding any pressure um and just giving <laughs> some confidence there early money has spoken there uh, Orson Allen has also been supported he's been three uh, four dollars into 340 and barunga brat as a as a consequence of that has just drifted from 360 to 380 uh, and the outside division pretty much unwanted at this point in time. I reckon that's fascinating. Morris Minor open at 6.50, completely friendless, out to $11 now. Yeah, yeah, all the money. Uh, of all the races, this is the race that they've got involved in the most. We're holding our most on this race. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the money has spoken here. Yeah. Inside draws, too, I think it's the, the big, big advantage here. Definitely, yeah. Pace in one, two, three. Do you think that's the key, the way that this race yep. is going to be run? Yep. Look, last week, I, I thought Orson Allen was... The hard luck story of the Melbourne Cup heats last week. Jump from box number two. The, the race was perfect initially. Uh, a greyhound in one often imitated would show a bit of speed, but I, I thought would they'd both get clear runs. And, and then, as it turned out, often imitated was scratched, replaced by Frida Minnelli, who stepped straight to the outside. And yep. one stride in, Frida Minnelli whacked into the side of Orson Allen, potentially took him out of the race, or effectively took him out of the race. And... I worry the same thing could happen to Orson Allen here in the sense that uh, from box number three, Baruga Brett definitely doesn't come in and I think Miss Splendor Miro is just going to get the gun run through it on the inside and, and 
to see those three get beaten would be a bit of a surprise, I think, just purely based on the fact they've got the track position already. They've got early speed. So unless unless not available could fluke a 495, he's not going to cross easily, and that's not going to happen. So I think, realistically, the 1-2-3 look the, the main way to play. And Nards, let's not forget about this massive quaddy. Uh, projected what are we expecting the pool to get up to One million dollars, Jace. Yeah, 200k jackpot, yep. and uh, we're projecting a million dollar quaddy. So, huge night. Get involved. Well, you're already in front, effectively. If, well, exactly. if, if one fifth the pool, of the pool yeah, yeah, exactly. is already, it was already there to be handed out. Look, add to that, there's the early bird special as well, I believe, tomorrow, Jace. Yeah, it's a recent initiative that we've trolled over the spring carnival, and all the feedback has been so positive. So, from five o'clock till seven o'clock, we'll have inflated odds about every runner at Sandown across the card there. So definitely do your form, get involved early. So to keep that simple, say a dog's paying $10 at, at about 4.59pm, at a tick after five, you might get 11 or $12. Exactly, yep, yep. You'll go out a couple of rolls. Mm, any extra money's good money, I say. <laughs> <laughs> That's no. what we call good shopping. Yeah. I know where you're going to be for a couple of hours. You'll be off the phone. That's for yeah. sure. <laughs> You'll be bunkered down in yeah. your little office doing all your work, That'll trying to snap some overs, I'd my say. My new nickname, Nards, I'll be uh, Mr. Early Bird, I think, <laughs> 5 to 7. Phone will be on flight mode. <laughs> well, it's time to talk about the big one, and what we're going to do here is go through uh, these dogs runner by runner, because uh, they've all just um, earned their place in the race in their own right, and, and they're all stars uh, as individual greyhounds, and uh, we talk about them all in the Tab Melbourne Cup final. So let's talk about uh, the runner from the Reb. We'll go through all of uh, the Tab Fixed Odds fluctuations too. So we talk about my redeemer um, here, Jason. Uh, you were always going to expect that he was going to be one of the main fancies uh, in the event, and especially seeing that he's drawn the red. Yeah, yeah. So when we opened up on this market back in May, he opened up as a $10 equal favourite. Uh, did drift out to 21s uh, over the course of time and was specced at those odds. There's a couple of healthy little bets, 200 at 21s and another 50 at 21s there, into 16 just prior to the heats. And as we know, it's $3.40 now and a real life chance. Well, let's talk about uh, the positives and negatives with him. Um, looking uh, at it here, James, uh, what do you think of he, are his positive attributes uh, in this year's Tab Melbourne yeah, Cup? Yeah, just firstly, I think that market really represents the My Redeemer's last six months it in does, a sense that absolutely. six months ago he was the, the hot dog to follow. He was the probably the... I guess the Greyhound with the most hype around him in Australia. He just tapered off a little bit, and as we see the money now just starting to flow back for him. I guess the positives, box one in a group one. Aston DB won the race last year from this draw. And he's, and had he's a group one at the track over the... From this from draw this as well. This draw, yeah, yeah totally. 100%, Mick. He's a, a group one winner of the Harrison Dawson back in May. And look, I just think if he begins as well as he did last week, and instead of sitting up on the outside of Hayes and slowly, he's just got to hold his place this time. And if he does that and he goes through to lead, I think there's only one great hand Mick that could maybe run him down and that was Pope the Bear given he gets the unimpeded run to ride his tail in the early part. Even then that would be an enormous run from Poke the Bear. We yeah. know what he's capable of and he can turn in that enormous run but if Myra Dima does find the front he's got 600 metre form and very very fast mm. 600 metre form. He's strong at the end it's probably his best section that last section if he's getting home in 10.40, 10.50 then no dog will run him down. So mm. if he finds the front I think it's uh, uh, it's time as a margin but he, he isn't always the most reliable at box rise no. and there's some very very quick dogs on his outer so um, he's got to nail that start. If he does, he's certainly in the mix there. So you're saying mm. his fate will pretty much be told driving yep. down the first turn? Yeah, I, I I, we, so. we did a preview for, for GRV uh, Extra, which is uh, grv.org.au, and you can see all the uh, the, the, the race uh, previews there, Nards. But look, I, I said in that, it's the first 50 metres. If you have a bet on my redeemer, you're going to know your fate. If he jumps well mm. and he goes through underneath of the check in the early part... Yep. 
That's the key to his race. If he misses, he's then going to have to switch over heels. And you can't afford to give greyhounds like, you know, Black Opium potentially poke the bear and she's gifted a head start. Yep. So the first 10 metres could be the, the key for my redeemer in the Melbourne Cup. Let's talk a bit about She's Gifted now. This was a, a fantastic performance last week in the heat. Showed great pace out of the boxes. And what's the current betting now with the tab? Yeah, she's seven dollars. Uh, she has been pre she has been specced in early markets as much as fifty one dollars when she opened up into twenties. Um, so those people are sitting pretty happy with themselves, I'd imagine. And she's seven dollars, and I think another life chance. Boys, do you give her a hope? Yeah, I, I do. I yeah. think if she can cross the red early, like we just said, if my redeemer happens to miss the start, the, the three could be the key to the race, Mick, Dinah Harper, because yep. n nobody suggesting she can win the race. She's probably a genuine 100 to 1 chance, but she, she uses some of the track in the early part, and, and so does my redeemer. So if she's gifted, can get the fly, cross the red, I, I can just see that little bit of trouble at the first corner, and and who knows, She's Gifted might just be off and gone. If you look at She's, she's Gifted's form over the last month, it was a good win at, uh, against King Colton at Prelude earlier on. It was just caught by Orson Allen uh, in a, in a free-for-all. Um, I thought it was OK in the shootout, and last week was brilliant. If... Yeah, any other time we'd be talking about her as uh, much better than a seven to one chance, a six to one chance. So, yeah. um, look, her early speed is her key. If she can find the front, then um, she's capable of running that twenty nine twenty, and twenty nine twenty is enough to win a Melbourne yeah. Cup. Yeah, oh, look, most times twenty nine forty is enough. I yeah. think we see a lot of the time. Look, if she had have drawn underneath of my redeemer Nadia, I'd be tipping her on top sure. for sure. So it's mm. just purely based on the fact that she's just got to get past the red if if she is going to be a winner. We talked a bit about Dinah Harper, and you just uh, alluded to her a short time ago, where she may end up being the pest element in the race. Mm. So um, she was good when she won her heat. No one's doubting that. But she does have that tendency, especially around the bend, to want a bit of room. Um, what price are we betting with the tab at the moment? Yeah, we're $34. And to be honest and upfront, I think she'll drift. Yep. Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, she is going to create a different element to the race, the fact that she does want room around that bend. Yeah, absolutely. She, look, she's a she's a um, certainly a handy type. She made the million dollar chase final, but she was 63rd in the order of entry for the uh, for the cup heats, and that's about where she stands at the moment. She was very good last week, but a 29.40 was her best time, and I don't think that's going to be enough to win this. Not with this field. Um, if she begins and does cause that nuisance factor to the outside, mm. it opens up for the inside dogs. If she misses it, then uh, she's out of play altogether. Yeah, so that, it's very hard for her. The to other thing one. I think, Mick, is the 5.03 that she recorded was a little bit of a surprise. Yeah. Uh, look, she's probably more a 5.10, 5.15 type. But if she reproduces that 5.03, she is going to definitely, as you say, Nadia, be a, a potential pest to those on the outside. <laughs> <laughs> well, the one drawn outside, it is Notorious Mac. And uh, just having a, a look at him, uh, great to see him through to the final. Uh, he's also at long odds here, Jase. Yeah, did get as short as $21 when he drew the box one in the heat. Um, but he's back out to 34 now after drawing the four box. He got a, a good run in the heat, didn't he? He, he drew the one and... Uh, that really worked in his favour. That did. He, he just got the room to move. He only went 29.53, but as we said, Mick, you know, 29.40s and 50s can win a Melbourne Cup, but oh, just by looking at this field, I think this is a a dead set 29-20 field. Yeah, absolutely. You know, 29-50 is good enough to win if you're out in front. He's gone 5-13 yeah. to the first mark. He took full advantage of the bo of box one, um, and that was the key to him. From box four, it's going to be extremely difficult if he's running that 5-13, and that's about his go. Um, he's going to have real trouble finding a position to get into this race and run a time that can win it.
Yeah, the only thing you probably could say that is a big plus is back in August he went 29.79 at the Meadows and, and that potentially could be enough to, to get him back to 29.30, 29.40. But as you say, it's the first split that's yep. the, the real concern for him. We talk about some of the big guns now, one of them being Black Opium, who every time uh, the Thompsons have raised the bar with him, uh, with her, she's met it. She's been a winner of seven from seven, and she is a potential star in the making, and she's favourite for uh, this year's Tab Melbourne Cup. Mm. She's yeah. an absolute superstar. Yeah, and every time she's gone around, the Tab has taken a battering. <laughs> <laughs> really? Do you have any idea, Jase, when the, when the market actually put Black Opium in? Because... Let's, let's face it, two months ago, she hadn't even had a race start yet. Yeah, yeah, so she only came into the market in October after yeah. she'd won two from two. And what price was she then? $31. $31. Yeah. Well, she was still $16 last week. That's it, even surprising. Exactly, me. yeah, and there's one lucky customer out there, or one happy customer out there with the 150 on at 31s. Yeah. So they've Not shopped extremely yeah. well. Into $3.10 now, and by far our worst way. Well, they won't need the early bird special, will they? No, exactly. They're <laughs> sitting pretty uh, the way it is. Look, she's been so much of a, a revelation, hasn't she, in what she's done. And as I said, every time they've raised the bar with her, she's met it. She's just a brilliant dog. She's, yeah. She ticks every box. You know, Other than the first 100 metres of her racing career, she's never been headed. Um, she's 7 from 7, as we mentioned. She's been favoured every time. She's got a number of best-of-night wins. She's the fastest heat winner. Um, runs true out of the boxes, goes straight to the lure. I think she'll get plenty of early space there. And once she's out in front, she showed last week she can run 29.20, and good luck running yeah. any dog down at 29.20. The, the more I think about it, I think she's a massive, massive chance to win the race. But as you touched on, Mick, she'd, she'd barely never been headed, but she's also never raced against the, the pressure that we're going to see in this Melbourne Cup. I mean, she's gifted my redeemer, poked the bear. There's probably not a stack of early speed, but if she reproduces the 501, she's got enough speed to get across and, and potentially find the lead and the rails. But in her runs prior at Sandown, she'd gone 510, 506, 503. So she's just continuing she seemingly to improve. If she can do that again and get down under five seconds, well, then she's a big player. But if she happens to to maybe just miss it a shade and go back to a 506, 507, she really could be the meat in the sandwich. So, so it comes with her inexperience in a field. If she happens, if she gets out, well, she's going to be hard to beat the one they're going to have to run down. But as you said, if she misses it slightly, mm. it's just that inexperience, um, she's never been in a field before. Absolutely, and in the occasion as well. There's going to be a big crowd there, as James mentioned before. It's an occasion. And a lot of these dogs, uh, you know, we talked about it with the maiden, run, uh, maiden dogs with a couple of starts under their belt. Well, she's only got seven. She wouldn't have ever seen a crowd this size yeah. um, with the buzz and the ceremony mm. Everything else that goes with the cup night. Having said that, I don't think she's the type of dog that'll affect too badly. She's uh, she's uh, um, uh, very mature, very professional type for a dog of her age, but. Um there is that uh, that X factor there. You just don't know how she'll handle the occasion. Yeah, the one thing I say is how bright is the future of Greyhound Racing oh. when you've mm. got a Greyhound like Black Opium coming through, seven starts for seven wins. Time to talk, we, we mentioned of earlier before, who's won four out of five, already a track record and a, a 29.30 run at Sandown. I mean, the, the next 12 months in Greyhound Racing is going to be red hot. Just looking at this cup final, Dagani's the oldest dog in the race. He's just turned three. Yeah. So when you've got dogs like Poke the Bear still at the, top of the, at the peak of their powers, he turns three in uh, Christmas December. Day. Um, you know, as you said, it's a fantastic time in grain racing, and the next six months will be just how, fascinating. How good would have that Christmas present been, eh? Poke the bear <laughs> out of range. Yeah. That litter have been unbelievable. Brilliant. I think really puts a Darren and Michael Pulio on the map as, as breeders. So, yeah, yeah wow. Well, let's talk about um, her kennel mate in Poke the Bear, who was one of the main fancies in the race too, and virtually since the tab opened um, their markets here, Jace, um, he's been one of the headlines. Yeah, he's been in the top two throughout betting uh, and been well supported as well. Uh, he's similar to Black Opium. We'll 
definitely at the tab we won't be cheering for the two Thompson runners. <laughs> but as he's proven in the past, he's a great dog. He can win from impossible positions and uh, hasn't stopped them taking the 350 that's on offer at the moment. It does seem... Look, the one thing I like about Pope the Bed, Mike or Mick, sorry. <laughs> it's been a busy week, this one. <laughs> <laughs> the thing I like about Pope the Bear is the fact that his last couple of runs, he, you look through his last, say, 10 starts, he's jumped from 7-2-3, 7-5, double six and four, and he's coming up with box number six again. As Shona jumps on the mic, I won't ask you, Mick, I'll ask Shona this. <laughs> How good is Pope the Bear been the last couple of months? He's won the, the top gun, he's won the, the silver bullet, and they've all been from terrible box draws. Yeah, box six. Um... And welcome, Shona. <laughs> Hi, Dave. He's a superstar. I, I said that a couple of months ago, and I, I truly meant it. He, um, he's in career best form, and, and he's definitely hit peak at the right time. Does the box worry you at all? Although that it obviously gives you a lot of confidence that he's been able to handle it, but it's, well, I guess for both of them, Black Opium and, and Pope the Bear, it's probably not ideal. No, it's not, but I'm not unhappy with the box draw. Uh, all I wanted was for her to draw underneath him. Didn't yeah. matter how, and, and hopefully next to him, um, just underneath him. You know, she's got the early pace, and you know, hopefully she can begin tomorrow night and give him a nice cart. He does need a lot of luck, but he does find his own luck mm, as well. So, Shana, as a trainer, though, do you worry about having two dogs that know each other next to each other in the run? Can they find one another and, and be a bit... Normally naughty? when you have two dogs in the one race, they do tend to find each other. <laughs> At the winning post together, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, eh? That's the plan. That's the plan. It doesn't matter which one's in front, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully they're there at the right time. But um, they're both different styles of dogs, so hopefully she's out in front and uh, and he's sitting right behind her. You've what? obviously always had a big opinion on her black opium, but to do what she's done in such a short amount of time, she's got to surprise you. She has, yeah, no, definitely. When we went to Bendigo, there clearly wasn't any idea of uh, Melbourne Cup four weeks down the track, and. You know, she's just taken it all in her stride and, and we've just let her tell us what she's ready for. You did mention to Michael Felgate, as he said earlier today on RSN 927, you said one to follow. She's only had one start and this is back in late September. You said black opium could be one to follow. Who would have thought you'd be here right now? Yeah, exactly. I think Mick and I were in the studio that day with Michael Felgate and he put me on the spot and, and said what, what dogs are coming through the kennel and, uh, yeah, by fluke, I picked her out. So Eye for a good one. Yeah. <laughs> we mentioned before, uh, just before we came on, Black Opium and the occasion of the Melbourne Cup. There's a, a lot of noise, a lot of fanfare, a big crowd. Uh, how do you think she'll handle it? And secondly, how important is it that Poke the Bear has been through that process and how much will that benefit him? Yeah, look, he's got 12 months on her, so he's uh, very experienced with the occasion. You know, he, he went up for the million-dollar chase, and I believe that uh, there probably wasn't much more noise than what there was that night in Wenty. They they get a bit rowdy in Sydney. So um, I don't know how she's going to handle it, but the last three weeks I haven't known how she's going to handle the occasion, stepping up in grade, and, and she's taken that in her stride, and she's actually very calm. She... Um, I don't know if you saw her last week, Mick, but she's very calm in the parade yard and she actually, once she's finished walking, she just stands there and looks at the starter yep. as if to say, OK, <laughs> let's go now. She just, nothing seems to bother her. So until uh, we get there tomorrow night, I don't know how she'll handle it. But um, from my point of view, I don't think it'll bother her. I think she'll, yeah, she'll just um, take it all in and I don't think it'll bother her at all. OK, I'm going to ask you the, the acid test. Which way would you be going? <laughs> You've got to be able to split these two. You must have a favourite. No favourites. Oh, no favourites. And I've been saying all week, anyone that uh, is trying to put me on the spot and, and get me to pick one, I keep saying I've got four kids and it'd be like trying to pick my favourite out of them. So. Oh, yeah, there's a favourite every different day with the kids, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So uh, this week it's none of them. But, um, yeah, no, look, I, I can't. 
you know, pick between the two of them. They've both got fantastic owners who have been long-time owners of our kennel. And, you know, as long as one of them goes over the line uh, in front, I think everyone that's associated with the, with the Thompson kennel will be happy. Well, it's a great feat to get these two through, but a great training feat with Black Opium because we know how difficult and gruelling these series can be, but the fact that you've got her through to a Melbourne Cup final is, is just outstanding at, at her age. Yeah, it is. You, know, you sort of forget she's, she's very mature um, mm. in the kennel and she just takes everything in her stride. And, uh, yeah, I sometimes forget that she's just a baby because she's not silly at all like they can be. I've said a few times, at 19 months, a lot of them aren't even racing yet. So um, it's, yeah, big, big effort on her part, not on mine. And who handles who tomorrow? Uh, I've got black opium. Yeah, no, Jason's not allowed to go near her and uh, <laughs> poke the bears. We might have a favourite after all. <laughs> yeah. Poke the bears a handful. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I did all the early early start of the year uh, with poke the bear and, uh, yeah, he, he's a handful so Jason can deal with him. Good on your show. <laughs> Good luck tomorrow night. Thank you. There's Shona Thompson, who, of course, has got the main two, the two headline acts in the Tab Melbourne Cup in Black Opium and also Poke the Bear. Look, guys, we're talking about uh, Poke the Bear and just what a wonderful record he has uh, at the top level, but he's also got such a, a brilliant strike rate too, a winner of 30 from 51 starts. And even though uh, he's got that little bit more age on his side than what Black Opium has, he, he still always puts in. He, he's, he's not a, a dog who you see is inconsistent. He just puts in every start. Mm. That's one of the real traits over his last little run of form. I think he's won eight of his last ten now. And there's been a couple of times there, uh, particularly in the Silver Bullet, but also on the Top Gun, where I, during the run I thought he can't win. From that yeah. position, he, he can't run down the leader. And he finds a way. He's just got that smarts about him. Um, the first turn last week was a great example. He had to wait and just find the right run for him, and he waited, and he was patient enough and good enough to take it when it presented, and that's a sign of a really good dog. Yeah, to be honest, I thought he might, may well have just been a little bit lucky in the top gun because every greyhound around him found trouble, and he just somehow found himself right behind uphill Jill, but then he came out, repeated the dose from an awkward draw again, box number six in the, the silver bullet at uh, the Meadows, and then... Last week, the way he ran down Miss Splendor Miro, and he's happy to go round runners, and as we saw at the home corner, he got underneath of Miss Splendor Miro, so he'll take the run where it presents, and, that, and that's his biggest asset as well as his, his pure ability, I think. He's got three group wins to his name and every one of them box six, and you can't fluke that. You've got to be a good dog to win yeah. any race from box six, but zero group level three times. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, he's got the field sense as well. He he's got the speed and he's got the field sense. As you, as you said, they yeah. just don't win and he's have that strike rate from box six. Track form at Sandown as well. 19 yeah. starts he's had there for 11 wins. I mean, he's a speed star winner. He's gone 29 12. I think Mick's trying to, trying to tip us in the toe of the bear here. you mind here, yeah. <laughs> funny. does look good. We, we did a preview the other day, myself and Mick and Jason Adams, and Mick said to me before the preview went to air at, say, 5 to 12, he said, oh, he goes, I think I'm going to tip my Redeemer. I'm pretty keen on my Redeemer. And then we went to air, and he, he goes, oh, I'm tipping Black Opium. And that's the kind of Melbourne Cup it is. I think there's three or four genuine winning chances. And, look, most of us are settling on the 1, 2, 5, and 6. And... I think any of that quartet could win it, and you wouldn't bat an eyelid. It's a really open Melbourne Cup. No, absolutely. And at the top level, it, it only takes that slight miss at the start. It's a half length. We're talking fractions of fractions of margins here. And um, the dog that does everything right on the diet is the dog that will, uh, will come away with the trophy at the end. Mm. Well, we go to one of the outsiders um, in the Cup, in number seven, Dagani. Look, I suppose the draw works as a bit of a, a positive with him, but he's at long odds with the tab, Jase. Yeah, 200 to 1 throughout betting and $35 or $34 as we speak and, again, probably one that will drift. Mm, look, this is a, another rung up for him, but, look, the, the draw works in his favour and he loves the track. 
if it was uh, if it was a lower class race, I'd be very happy with the box. The problem in this race, I just can't see how. A bit like Notorious Mac, I just don't see how he's going to position himself uh, to win the race. It's going to be a uh, a scramble to the first turn. There, he's got the pressure on his outside. He's got a good pace on his inside. It's going to be really hard for him to find a spot the first turn. And he lobbed at thirty-four dollars in the heat, and he just got right up behind. I think it was fully loaded who led yeah. from the two, and he had the three. And and, and once he'd gone through to second at the first corner, it was game set match. There, he was going to win the heat, but he's not going to get that run here. And look, I'd probably rate him as the the fifth greyhound in my selections. But in saying that, I think that first quartet, the one, two, five, and six, are, are quite a quite a way ahead purely on the box draw in their class. Well, uh, West on Augie isn't out of the race either. Coming up with the pink box um, is still single figures with the tab, Jason. Yeah, 8.50, and there has been a little bit of support for him despite the box and the pace underneath of him. Opened up at $10, uh, as I said, into 8.50, and even in early on betting, 18s into 14s at one stage. Fair to say uh, with him, guys, that he's probably better drawn inside? It does seem that way. He does sidestep slightly to the outside when the lids can go up, but the way he won here last week, he went five flat at Sandown, 29.31, and uh, most of his runs are around about that 29.40, 29.30 mark. If he drew inside, Mick, he'd have to hold his place from box eight. He's got to come round and burn them off, and that's going to be tough. And that's going to be real tough. As you mentioned, he went five dead at the first mark last week, which is low flying. There's two or three dogs on his inside that are probably running similar sort of times this time around, and for him to get a, to, to be a winning chance, he's going to have to cross them. I just can't see how that's going to happen. When he, it was interesting after the box draw, he came up at 10 bucks and was quickly into 750. I think he touched at one stage there, and that really surprised me because I'm just not sure that draw is going to suit him in this race. No, 100%. You take out his run last week from box one, he would probably be a 200 to 1 chance in this race because he's three or four starts prior. He just seemed like he went off the boiler shape. It was a complete form reversal, not just uh, the fact that he was beaten. In good company, mind you, but he was beaten, but he, he just didn't show anything no, early. he wasn't beginning, wasn't no. accelerating. And Look, he, he, Robbie Britton's got him going well at the right time, though, and from box number eight, uh, I think you could back worse of things in the race. That's right. Mm, exactly. Then we've got the two reserves in Hasten Slowly and Miss Splendor Miro if they happen to gain a start. Guys, moment of truth, who are we going for in this year's renewal of the Tab Melbourne Cup? I'm going to stick with Black Opium. <laughs> of, uh, I, I may change my mind again before Friday, but no, I think Black Opium for mine just ticks all the boxes. As long as, long as she handles the occasion, I think uh, um, you know, she's just been so consistent, particularly since she's come to Sandown. She's a reliable low fives dogs, and I think she'll get that clear enough run. Yes, there's a lot of pressure in this race, but I think she's good enough to... Uh, if she doesn't know any different, she'll just dump and, uh, and run as she's done, and I think that'll be enough for her to win the Melbourne mm. Cup. And create history, youngest ever winner of the Melbourne mm. Cup. And uh, could be almost the, the next black caviar on the way through. Absolutely. Eight starts, eight exactly. wins at a Melbourne Cup. Imagine that. Uh, look, I'm going one from six, five and two. I just think my redeemer, if he holds his place at the first corner, he could just be a little bit too strong. But as I said, I'm not overly confident on my redeemer. I think Pope the Bear, Black Opium and She's Gifted are all massive, massive chances. But either way, it's going to be a great race. And the Thompson Kennel looking for back-to-back -back after winning it last year with Aston DB. And who are you leaning, leaning towards, Jay? Uh, we're we're going to be taking on five and six. They're both in the book. They're not coming out. They're going to be supported. So we're just going to in for a dollar, in for a dime. Yeah. So my redeemer's not holding a lot? No, not at this stage. A little bit of money, but not at this stage. You'd be by far a better result than five and six. And I, and I actually personally think one and two. They must be waiting for the early bird special. That's right. <laughs> and she's gifted at $7. If you are looking for an each-way chance, yeah. she's one that can land in front and will give them something to run down. I think at, uh, at $7 there, uh, maybe a little bit extra at that early bird stage, uh, exactly. that's a real good each-way chance. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, she might be the value in the race then. She's gifted $7, and uh, if you wait a bit longer, you'll be able to take advantage of that early bird special. Well, this is Winners Live from Crown for the Tab Melbourne Cup. We'll take
take a break. We do have a race commitment coming up in a moment. It's 8 past 12. And this is our panel previewing the big night tomorrow night out at Sandown. We've just had a look at the Group 1 feature, the running of the Tab Melbourne Cup, and uh, we're pleased to, to have uh, Des Douch with us to talk about the chances of Notorious Mac. And, and Des, even though he's going around as one of the outsiders in the race, it must be a great thrill just to have a runner in a Tab Melbourne Cup. Yeah, absolutely brilliant, Nadia, to get a dog like him in there. But, um, yeah, we're in there, so we're a chance here. Yeah. His improvement's been enormous, Des. He started his career down in Tassie, spent some time in South Australia, and uh, now you've got him into a Melbourne Cup final. What's been the key to uh, to his improvement? Oh, well, I just think he's got better with age. He just keeps improving every run, and, uh, yeah, uh, it would have been nice to get box one again, but uh, he loves the fence, but we're in there, so we'll be trying. You've, uh, you've had a bit of experience with the Thoroughbreds as well. You've trained a few of them. Uh, what are the big differences between them, and uh, tell us the difference in the training between the two codes. Oh, it's a big difference, but the main thing is uh, my missus, she was uh, scared of the racehorses, so she didn't help me with them, so she loves the dogs. She's, uh, every day she's out there with me, and we get up the same time as I did with the horses. I'm out there at quarter past five, so she, so, and uh, she's a great help, so, yeah, uh, it's all good there. How does the uh, the thrill compare in a Melbourne Cup? Have you had uh, great success with the Gallops in the sense of, of making a Group 1, and, and how does this compare being a, a part of the, the Greyhounds Melbourne Cup? Oh, we've been in a couple of group ones uh, in uh, the freeway stakes at Mooney Valley, but we've done no good, and the JJ Liston stakes was a group two. But uh, look, with the Greyhound to get into the cup like this, mate, against these these dogs, these trainers, like I'm just thrilled, thrilled to bits, mate. And for the dog, I'm wrapped for the dog to see the improvement he's made. And the, the transition you've made to training Greyhounds hasn't been that long. You've been, what, probably a couple of years as a Greyhound trainer? Uh, before years in December. Yeah. It's yeah. gone quick. Yeah, yeah, How did you yeah. get into it, Des? Uh, through Jason. Like, I'd known Jason for years. He's from Trelgan, like I was. And he had, a, you know, mixed up with horses with him and that. And he suggested that I go to the Greyhounds. And I uh, a bit hesitant at the start. But, yeah, I'm glad I did now. You've obviously learned a lot from him over the years. Oh, 100%, you know. Well, without, you know, Jason and Shane, I wouldn't be where I am now. There's no question about that. Obviously, you've got a good handle on, on their dogs, too. And uh, they look hard to beat. Very hard to beat, yeah. He'd be pretty happy that the dog he's got next to mine because I'll go to the fence, so I'm going to give it plenty of room. So, But anyway, you never know what can happen. If I get on the fence first turn, he's just going to rail and rail. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. A great experience for Kane Tide as well, of course, who's uh, he's only 22. He owns a dog, and uh, how's, he, uh, how's he handled the week leading into the Melbourne Cup? Yeah, well, um, since I've had the dog with him, I've never talked to him. He... Um, <laughs> He only, got me, he only got me phone number last week. Perfect uh, owner. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right, that's right. So, yeah, no, no, he's look, he's excited, he's happy, so good on him too, young fella, so, yeah, he's going well. You'll be hearing from him a bit more, I reckon, over the next uh, the next 24 hours. How's the dog ready to go? And Yeah, he's right now, James. Yeah, he's um, had a bit of a setback, the dog, but he's um, alluding to this now, but he's, he's fine now, mate. He's jumping out of his skin. At what point, though, in his career did you think, wow, this might be a dog that we could target some of the big races? I know he, he bobbed up at the Meadows with a, a 29.79, and he, like you said, he just looks like he's just continued to improve and he's got better and better. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. Um, the thing about him, too, James, he's strong. He, yeah. He's a strong dog, too. There's no, I don't think he'll get 600. But, uh, look, we're up against some good dogs. But, as I say, look... <laughs> He will be strong to the end, and I know he can run time. Don't, don't worry about that 50, whatever he ran the other day. I know he can get, he'll get down the 20s, don't worry. Yeah, and he, he's a hard dog to get past as well. Yeah, very, yeah, very hard dog right. to get past. Des, thank you for your time, and, and good luck tomorrow night. Thank you very much.
Let's get back into our preview of tomorrow night's program. We'll have a look at race seven now. This is the Sir John Dillon Access. Memorial over the 595. And as far as the tab market's concerned here, Jace, Neo Cleo holds the call at around the $3 mark. Yeah, and solid at $3. There has been money for one zipping Monty and seven Juniper Pearl here, $12 into $7.50 and $8.50 respectively. So they're definitely two that are, I'd be looking at the early bird promotion and when they kick back out, maybe getting involved yeah. again. What do we do here from a punting front, boys? <laughs> it's a tricky race, isn't <laughs> it? it is. <laughs> I, I, uh, field league, I think. Yeah, it's it's a well the quality, the projected one million dollar quality. I think that might be the way to, to play this race. Just play it wide. I mean, Mooney on corners, one who look he he can be very moderate away, but his five hundred meter form has been good and he's always strong. But uh, Neo Cleo smashed the uh, the Terrelgan track record over this type of distance. Uh, in two different races, and Blackjack Neo, I think, is well drawn out there in box number eight. But honestly, I think it's a, a really tough race. And don't discount Dinah Chancer as well, who's a, yeah. a flying and machine. Over... Pearl. Oh, absolutely. Dinah Chancer's record over all three distances is very strong, can run serious time, you can do it at both ends of the race. Obviously, box six is a little bit tricky, but uh, I think yeah, there's, there's four and against for pretty much every runner in this race, and it's a legitimately the openest, uh, most open race of the not just the quaddy, but I think the entire yeah, card. Yeah. I think it's like interrogation, Nadia. I'm just going to sit here for race seven and say, no comment. <laughs> understand, totally understand. Really well, hard. Let's move on to the other group one on the program because this is the feature for the stays, the running of the Bold Trees final. And as we've been talking over in the cast uh, month or so, how open the staying ranks now are. And as far as the tab market, we're seeing that reflected where there's not much between a few of the greyhounds in this race, Jase. Yeah, that's right. Bacali 260 and Poker Dorado 270 dominate the, as favourites, but there's some money and chances there at each way odds if you go a little bit wider. We've got Robbie Britton with us, who of course puts the polish on Bacali, who is the current favourite to take out this year's Group 1 Bold Trees final. Uh, Robbie, welcome, and um, it's great just to have runners in these Group 1 races. We know that you've always got great representation, but uh, you've had a great record with stays over the years, and, and Bacali looks like he's real top-notch. Yeah, thanks, Nadia. Look, he's, he's, uh, he is a good dog. He's serviceable, he chases hard, and uh, he wants to be there. Um, He's not that great early, and my biggest fear is where he'll be going to the first turn. Uh, but in saying that, he, he won't uh, die wondering. He, he, I, I said today in the paper that uh, his biggest problem, he takes gaps that aren't there. And, uh, <laughs> and, and I just hope that he can get a clear run through the first half of the race. Yeah, well, this could be a bit of a long question, Rob, but uh, I think you're going to get a beautiful run with Bacali because Ebby Ripper, box number two, mm. she's going to miss the kick and drop back. Black Impala, I think, is the speed in the race. And the one thing I like about Bacali is when they come into the straight with a lap to go, he dives back to the inside and just accelerates up the home straight. I think at that point, he'll strike the lead. I think at that point, he'll be winning the bold trees. Well, I hope you're right, James. Um, you make it sound so easy. It's, uh, <laughs> it is easy saying it like that. Uh, um, we all read the races differently. And I, my main concern is Abby Ripper. Yeah. Uh, in that, uh, I don't think she jumps that badly, but she seems to ease back through the first turn and yeah. then get going and a couple of times I've seen where dogs like that can cause carnage if you're behind them or beside them so that's my biggest concern but again you can read a race a million different ways and, yeah. and you still can't get come up with the right answer so we're in it and while you're in it you're a chance yeah. no doubting that at all um, always great to have you uh, on the program Robbie and uh, good luck tomorrow night thanks Nadia there's Robbie Britton well let's talk a little bit about what we do in this race guys there isn't much between these two embedding Bacali and also Poco Dorado um, James what angle have you taken? I've taken Bacali and it's uh, a full 360 degree circle for, for mine I'm really keen on Bacali I think he 
the way he went about his business last week, he went 41.62 to win two starts ago, then had a, a little bit of a freshen up 15 days between runs, went 41.63. He lost ground going to the first corner when he slipped across to the inside and he, he had a bump with the leaders. Therefore, I don't think there's going to be that pressure apart from Black in Parlour, which I think will be well clear in front of him. So... He's going to get a lot more room, I think, to move than he did in the heat. And I think if he, if he punches through under Black Impala with a lap to go, he can run 41-45. And I, I think there's just not a greyhound in the race that's going to do that, Mick. No, I agree. He's, he's a season stayer, and I think that's a, an important factor in this race as well. There's a few dogs here that haven't had a lot of runs over 700 and uh, maybe feeling the pinch a little towards the end. He is uh, hard and fit. He's got a trainer who knows how to get them right, particularly these staying races, uh, staying uh, feature races. And you're right, he can run those sort of times. I don't think anything else in this race can go that quick and he's good enough to overcome a little bit of trouble if he doesn't get that clear run early so um, look I think he's uh, as open as it was in race 7 I think if you're going to go real short uh, Bacali's your way through the quaddy here. Yeah I'm pretty keen as well and Jace just quickly this market obviously with Tornado Tears, Rip and Sam coming out, there would have been a, a fair amount of value around. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Similar to the Melbourne Cup, we've been open since May on this one, and Bacali was $6 early on, and uh, we have got a few punters holding some tickets there at that price, backed into 350 once the heats come out, and as we said, 260 and they have taken, uh, they have got involved at the 260 but we're still at that price at the moment. Let's have a look at race number nine over the 5.95, and uh, favourite is drawn towards the inside here, Jason, Big Bang Tears. Yeah, Big Bang Tears uh, has opened up, as my computer, 2.20 out to 2.30. Uh, not, not a lot of support at the moment. A little bit of support for the three sevens into fives. Very, very fancy spreadsheet he rolls with here. <laughs> it is. It's very impressive. Yeah, honestly. plenty of numbers. But, uh, look, this race is pretty tough, I think, Mick. Uh, Big Bang Tears, he, he likes to use a bit of the track. If he gets to where he wants to be, he's going to be pretty hard to beat. But in saying that, his last two runs, I think, have just been so-so. Yeah, you're right. Uh, he's a very good dog when he's right. I'm just not sure exactly where he's at at the moment. Mm. Uh, coming off provincial form over the 600, uh, it's, a, it's a reasonable step up, step up here. There's some nice types in there. I think undisputed out wide uh, may be a bit more value. He's uh, he's quite smart. He can uh, find the line quite well. It was a good win last time, uh, last Sunday, in fact, over the 500. So that should shoot him up nicely. Yeah, and I think one. the three or four, Dinakani, Dinazesti, could get a nice run as well, with a bit of luck. Okay, we'll put those in the, that uh, race for sure and maybe take a few exotics as well. Look, we look at race number 10 now over the 515. This is a free-for-all, and it's a race with quite a few chances, Jase. Yeah, although the money has come from number six here, Federal Lily, 440 into 390. Probably one of the better back runners outside the Melbourne Cup and Boltrice on the night so far. It's very interesting, mm. isn't it, guys? It's a good move, but she's super, super consistent. She, she always begins well, and she was third beaten four lengths by Pope the Bear and Miss Splendomiro, so her form line's really good for this race. Yeah, she's probably just short of that top class, just not quite at the uh, the same level as those cup dogs, but a very, very consistent chaser. She will go around at uh, uh, you know, that 29.60 mark and do it consistently week in, week out. Uh, Whaley on John's another one, I think, that uh, can show plenty of ability. He does use a bit of the track. I'm not sure the three is a great draw for him, but uh, uh, look, he's a pretty smart type uh, on a race that there are plenty of chances. Alberto out wide as well. Uh, uh, he has his quirks, but uh, it can be very smart when he's right. Yeah, and Keylock Moss was, I, th I thought, a good run last week and, and just brings that Melbourne Cup heat form through in race number 10. Looking at race number 11, how once again we've got the fancy drawn inside in the red, Jason. Yeah, Jeff Britton trained Wise Ricardo, 380 into 240 here. Uh, they took the 380 early and then $3, 290, 250 all the way to 240. So along with Federal Lily, uh, that's another one that's been very well backed. No surprise? Yeah, look, I think the box draw brings him into play. In saying that, I think he does 
seem to go better from wide draws. His statistics show that surprisingly he's never won from the inside three draws and he's had a, a few attempts as well. He does so slightly step to the outside but why is PK in two is not going to bother him so I can see that's why there, there has been good support around for him. Yeah I agree he's probably better drawn outside but that box draw uh, particularly not so much the fact that he's in one but the yeah. fact that his dog's on his outside just gives him that chance to get that bit of space early and if he can if he can punch up and hold the rail early he's going to be very hard to run down. Yeah, what do you see value in the race? Yeah what odds are the seven? Uh, Sevens, fours Four, out to sixes. Fours out to sixes. So if we leave that a little bit longer, might get out to eights tomorrow. Might be the way to go. And the early bird special went up with tens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dr. Mino, the way to go at value. Oh, exactly. Okay, well, we'll just wait for the early bird special and the ten dollars. All right, well, what about the last race, uh, guys? This is over the 515 metres. Gee, this is a, a tough race to finish the program, Jase. A lot of chances mm. with the tab. Yeah, wide market here. Seven opened up. Go seek Fernando opened up at 320, out to 360. Not a lot of action at this point. I am seeing just over your shoulder there, Jace. There has been a move for the eight, Princess Pout. Yeah, 21s to 12s are minor betting there. Yeah, look, there has been a, a couple of good runs from Princess Pout. Just getting back to somewhere near her best. She's getting on in age. She's a tick over uh, four years of age, so it's pretty rare to see a veteran greyhound bounce out and win on Melbourne Cup night. But she gets across at the start. I think she can run well, but Mick, there's a lot of speed in one and two. Therefore, drawing that trailing position behind the speed could be the way to go, and that might just be the three Kellum sum. Yeah, it's, uh, it is a very open race. Hopefully we're sitting on a big pile of cash by the time we get to the end of the night and we're not too fussed about it. But uh, no, look, I think uh, I think three's certainly in the chance there. Two's not badly placed as well. Good early speeds and uh, again, you know, once you find the front, you're hard to run down. So um, if the two can find the front, I think uh, it may be the winner. Well, we're going to talk quaddies now because we need a, a bit of a hit at this uh, yep. million-dollar projected pool. So what do we do? Yeah, look, I'll go with my quaddy first. Is there anything else to add here, Jason, in regards to the quaddy and anything else happening on the night that we should be aware of? Yeah, we have got a heap of racing extra markets. Yep. So if you go to the Tab app or the website, go to racing extras and you'll find box challenge markets there, odds versus evens. I think we've even got a special on the Shona Thompson pair yep. there. So get on there, have a play around. All right, so racing extras, have a couple of those. We'll get on the early bird special, and here's the quaddy. This is the way I see the quaddy. I'm going first leg numbers one, two, and three. That's Miss Splendor Miro, Baruga Brett, Orson Allen. Uh, second leg, the Melbourne Cup. I'm going to go with one, two, five, and six. If you're wanting to throw a bit of value in case it's a rough race, maybe the seven, Degani. Uh, third leg of the quaddy is close to a field job, as I think you can do. I'm going to go with two, four, five, six, seven, eight. And the final leg of the quaddy, I'll be playing a, a few quaddies, Nards. I'll be going in this one with the three, Bacali. And then I'll also take one with a little bit of cover with uh, Bacali and also Poco Dorado, three and seven. But Mick, it's a tough quaddy. Those middle legs look really, really hard. They certainly do. Uh, I'm going to go one, two, three in the first leg in the calf. I've gone one, two, five and six. No surprises there. Yeah, the third leg is very open. But if you want to shorten it down, I've gone two, four and six. And I think Bacali is the best way through. Poco Dorado is a bit of cover. Uh, but if yeah, you're going to go skinny in one leg, Bacali for mine in the final race. Is there, there a best league. bet? There's got to be a best bet. Oh, I'm going Bacali as the best bet of the night, but I'm just worried, myself and Mick, if we, we have identical numbers in the first two legs, so <laughs> <laughs> our night could end pretty, pretty abru abruptly. Uh, yeah, it could. Uh, I, I did notice those racing specials, though, Jase. Uh, there's one there, Golden Girl, Miss Splendor Miro into Poco Dorado at $8.50. I think that's yes. pretty good value for mine. And, uh, Miss Splendor Miro, I think, is just drawn beautifully in the cut.
Cup night sprint. Mm. And, uh, um, you know, Poco Dorado is the second pick in the bold trace. If, uh, if there is one to beat Bacali, that's it. So $8.50, I think, looks pretty good value there as a, yeah. a bit of interest. Well, that's yeah. the speed on the track. Tell us about, for patrons who do attend tomorrow night uh, out at Sandown, what is in store for them? There is a heap of entertainment through the entire night. Uh, great music, great giveaways. There's quality promotions all through the night. Uh, someone will have the chance to spin for a million dollars on the Sandown oh. Super Wheel. So uh, we mentioned a million dollars. How do we do that? Uh, just be on course, fill in the form, and if your name's drawn out, you get to spin the wheel for a million dollars. It's as simple as that. That's the best bet of the go, night, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Right there. It's a million, how to do that, it's a million dollar <laughs> night. million dollars in prize money, a million dollars in the quaddy pool. and uh, hopefully... giving away millions everywhere, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> um, and the best part is entry's free. Say, so yeah. uh, make sure you get along and be part of the fun. It is the best night of grain racing. We're expecting a big crowd and uh, plenty of family entertainment as well. So uh, bring your friends and family along and enjoy a great night out at the dogs. Guys, it's been a pleasure as always. Uh, we thank you for your contribution. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's our panel previewing uh, tomorrow night's uh, program of racing, the Tab Melbourne Cup. And do remember, plenty of jackpots, plenty happening trackside, and it's been a pleasure uh, to bring uh, the show of winners for you live from Crown for the running of this feature race, the Tab Melbourne Cup. That's it for my contribution today. I will catch you from 10.30 tomorrow with our Friday edition of Winners.